unless there's a really good reason not to say yes, because you don't know what's going to come from that. And, and this was completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't know if I could do this. Um, but I also then thought, well, what if I could, what if I could do it? How amazing would that be? And then I also thought if I don't, if I can't do it, who ca who cares? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not, not big a deal. Welcome to the Fluid Arts Podcast with your host, Keevan White, where we dive into the wonderful world of fluid arts, including acrylic pouring, alcohol ink, resin art, and more. In this podcast, we let talented artists share with us their techniques, inspirations, and tips for creating amazing fluid art. Whether you want to earn a living making art or improve your work, this is the podcast for you. So sit back and relax as we take you on a journey to learn more about this exciting and engaging art form. Welcome to another episode of the Fluid Arts Podcast. I'm your host, Keevan Jr. And today I have a special guest with us by the name of Chase McLeod. And today what Chase is going to be doing is she'll be walking us through how she created this specific piece. And if you want to see the piece that we're talking about today, you'll be able to click into the show notes and check that out. All right. Also, she'll be able to tell you how she actually sold this to an apartment leasing office and uh, got a lot of great stuff. But without further ado, Chase, welcome to the Fluid Arts Podcast. Thank you, Keevan. I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, I appreciate yourself. Where are, we, um, where are you coming to us from today? I'm in uh, right outside D.C. in Northern Virginia. Okay. Which city in Northern Virginia? I'm a little from there. Uh, Herndon, Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Have you always lived in Herndon? I have not. I uh, grew up in Texas and uh, was there until I was about 24. And then um, I went to graduate school in Delaware. And then I lived in New York City for about eight years before I moved here. Ooh, eight years. Okay. And with so with the New York City exposure, was that something that you were able to, you know, kind of link up with other artists and other creatives? Um, at the time when I was there, I was there doing a residency and postdoc for, I'm a psychologist. So I was there kind of for all my degree stuff. So uh, I wasn't, I was in the art scene in as much as maybe I had a friend here or there that was, but that was not at the time, that wasn't really my focus, but um, certainly took part in everything that New York has to offer in music and museums and Broadway and all of that. Um, but at the time, I, my mind was very much focused on my degree <laughs> and getting, getting a job. <laughs> gotcha. And you say your degree is in psychology? Yeah, I'm a, a clinical psychologist. Okay, nice. And so, um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of focus, a lot of attention had to be, yeah. <laughs> you know, dedicated at that time. Yeah, so it was, um, uh, I was there during, actually during 9-11 and was part of the response right after 9-11. I worked at the trauma center at New York Presbyterian Hospital. And so I, New York is very much, I'm, I feel very, very connected to New York. I, even though I didn't grow up there and I actually grew up across the, the country in Texas, I feel 
kind of like I'm a New Yorker in a strange way. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. We good for you because that not everybody has their story. Yeah. Well, nice. So today, the photo that we're looking at, or the piece that we're talking about, right? Does it have a specific name? Um, I'm to be honest with you, I'm still <laughs> I'm still thinking of a name. Um, but I got to come up with it quick because it's going to be hung in the leasing office probably in the next few weeks. So I, got, so I have to come up with a name, but I, right now I'm, I don't know. <laughs> okay. And what is the dimensions on this piece right here? It is 60 inches by 60 inches. Okay. And is that something that the apartment leasing office that they requested or you just kind of yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I was contacted by actually the interior designer who is part of the company that is building this apartment complex. So the leasing office was something she was in charge of decorating. And so she needed some, she had a very specific request. So oh. the dimensions, the colors, all of that came from her. Okay, that's nice. And how did she hear about your work? Well, it was very strange, um, uh, but she's in Texas, which has nothing to do with me being from Texas. That was a complete coincidence. Um, and apparently they are building uh, several apartment complexes in Herndon. And she, like I said, was in charge of decorating, designing everything, all the entire, entire interior design of this lobby and said that she was looking for a local artist to do a piece for kind of the entryway into the leasing office. So she went on Instagram, I think it was Instagram, and she found my stuff because, and this is when it gets kind of strange, but I had tagged, you know, when you do tags on Instagram, I had tagged um, uh, Creates Art Herndon tag. Um, you know, just because, and it's a, it's basically local Hernan artists um, associated with our art space, which is a, a, a artist kind of community here. Yeah. Um, so that's where she saw my work was in the, was in that uh, the Herndon arts kind of uh, Instagram page. <laughs> wow. And so that's how she saw my stuff. And then she, you know, went to my Instagram, then she found my Etsy and then that's how she contacted me. So it was very strange. <laughs> it's a very strange set of events. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does really sound strange. But however, there for the main part, social media seems to create that strangeness. As long as you have it, those strange things tend to happen, it seems like. I 100% agree. And I think I think it's kind of like if you build it, they will come. <laughs> like, you know, if you if you put yourself out there, um, you never know what's going to happen. And I think that was just what this was. Yeah. And I think that that's awesome for the listeners as well. So if you're creating art and you're doing all this great stuff and, and great work, but you're kind of hesitant on if you want to create a social media platform, just because you don't know, I think this is a great example of kind of why, because you, you said that you, this is not something at the moment that you work on full time, right? No, um, you know, I, I, I started this art adventure in seriousness uh, in March in, in when COVID hit. So, you know, 
me and millions of others stuck at home and I have two teenagers and they didn't want to have me. <laughs> they didn't want, want me in their business all day long. So I had to find something to do. And I'm kind of, I have just have a certain personality. I, I sort of do things intensely and I decided to start painting. I I've done some painting and crafts and things my whole life. So it wasn't completely out of the blue, but, um, but to have that kind of time all day to devote to something was, I've never had that kind of time in my whole life. And so I thought, this is it. If you, if you want to do it, this, you'll never get a, an opportunity like this. So that was my mindset. And so, um, yeah, I kind of went full all in and, and social media was a part of it because it was the only way to communicate at the time you know, we weren't, I wasn't getting together with anybody. So social media was it. It was the only way to show, tell people what I was doing, show people what I was doing. It was the only way to connect at the time. So I, 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 I formed an Instagram page and, and joined Facebook groups and all of that. It was really important. Yeah. So that's, that's great. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who had a similar mindset during this whole COVID um, situation and, and it, and <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. I'm just in, in awe with your, how you got to where you're at right now with the, the Facebook acrylic porn community. Is that kind of how you, you found us? That, that was, I, I joined that Facebook. I think it was the very first thing I did. I'll be honest with you. Other than look up what is acrylic pouring. <laughs> like I looked up acrylic pouring. I look, look, you know, watching videos. And then I can't remember how, but uh, found you guys on Facebook and join. I think it was the very first thing I joined. And it was, it was what launched me because you could ask questions you could see what other people were doing. You could figure out, um, you could figure out who's who and, and what techniques, what the names say. I, you know, when you first start, you don't know anything. And I felt like it was a forum where I could very safely say, uh, what's a swipe or what's a, you know, are you using a hairdryer? You know, all sort of what felt like really basic questions. Um, it's, it was where I started, I would say. It's where I got all my, my first information. Okay. And then when you started, so this one being that it's fairly large, the 60 by 60, yeah. is, is, is where did you start off with a little smaller piece or? Yeah. So <laughs> that was a leap. Um, <laughs> that was a leap of faith. So when she contacted me, um, I, first of all, had to think to myself, do I say yes to this, knowing that I'm kind of new at this? And so I decided to go for it uh, because why not? And when I talked to her, I was very honest and very clear that um, I had never worked with the canvas that big ever. Um, and she said the magic words, I know you can do it. I know you can do it. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's all I need to hear. Um, and so, yeah, so the jump to that size was enormous. And um, in fact, I think the biggest canvas I had ever uh, painted on before that was 16 by 20. Um, so I mean, this was a big leap. So what I did was I bought increasingly bigger canvases and just moved from smaller to bigger because I needed to learn 
how much paint am I mixing here? How much paint do, do these canvases really require? How, how does it move when it's that big and, it, and, and the weight of the paint is different on a bigger canvas? It, it's gonna move differently. So, so I, I just taught myself that way. So I took the next biggest size, the next biggest size, and I took what she wanted. Uh, she had given me kind of an image of what she wanted. And I tried to do that on these increasingly bigger canvases to just see if I could do it and what it would look like. So that's how I did it. And I just moved up. But I have to say, um, I think I got to, I can't remember the biggest, maybe 36 by 24. And then I just jumped to the 60, 60. <laughs> it's just a huge jump. Um, and so what I did was, knowing that there's no way on the first try, am I going to get this? There's just, I don't, I have to learn my, the, my first try was my learning is how my, that was my mental attitude. So I bought three canvases thinking I have three tries to do this. Mm -hmm. So the first one taught me painfully how, just how much paint you need, which is just so much more than you think you need. Um, how to mix that kind of, you know, the buckets you need for that amount of paint, the amount of supplies you need. I just had to learn it all by doing it. Um, and uh, I was actually pretty happy with the first one. <laughs> I was, I was surprised. Uh, it, a canvas that big is very physical. That was the other learning piece the back bending and the, and the core, <laughs> you have to have this core strength to lean over a canvas that size and hold your buckets or your hair dryer, whatever you're using, you've got to have a lot of physical strength. My knees hurt, my back hurt. Um, it was a pretty amazing experience. Okay. And you had mentioned with the, a lot of paint, how much paint would you say on Oh God. Uh, I, oh, all told. So the painting, if you look at it, it's a lot of blue and a lot of white. And so that's my two main colors, a lot of blue. So I probably had at least a gallon or more of the blue made up. No, in fact, it was, yeah, it was more than a gallon. Wow. Five quarts. Yeah, I have five quarts of the blue made up. I wanted a, I wanted to have some leftovers because you have to be able to touch things up or whatever, and you don't want to try and ma match that color again. So I made more than I needed. But um, and then the white, I probably used a gallon uh, mixed. Um, okay. And is a, that... Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's it's just, it's just it's just so much pain. <laughs> it's hard to wrap your head around. Okay. And you just go to like your local, you know, art and craft store or you order online or how'd you get I ordered uh, lots of stuff online. Um, I just work with real, with the blue and the white um, since it was such massive quantities. I, I used, you know, acrylic flow, uh, uh, artist loft flow paint for, as the primary mm -hmm. ingredient. Yep. Um, you know, I just got tons of bottles of that. And then, uh, and then I just use Floetrol to mix it um, and, and then to get the blue, I, I did add different higher grade paints to get the actual color that she needed. Um, but yeah, I just ordered everything online, a lot of it. 
Okay. And earlier you had touched on the the consistency changes when you move up to the, the bigger canvases. Can you talk about that a little bit? I had to make the paint a lot thinner than I would for a smaller canvas because what I wanted to try and achieve with this was a very flowy, watery look. And so if the paint is thick, too thick, it's not, and I, this is how I learned with the very first one I did, it's not gonna move. You, you're gonna have, and you want your movement of your paint unlike a smaller canvas to be bigger. So you have, like I had the hairdryer on high rather than low because I, I'm blowing a large amount of paint over a large area and it's gotta be able to move. And so I made it much thinner than I, even when you do a Dutch pour on a smaller canvas, it's pretty thin because it's for the same reasons, but this was like really thin. Uh, and I, I learned what consistency worked by doing it and failing and then figuring it out. Okay. And that's one thing that I pretty much hear on every interview that I do is the, the, the trial and error factor. I mean, we all have the stuff that we learned from the website, from our own you know, suggestions and other artists, but it really takes a little bit of that trial and good old fashioned trial and error. Yep. hundred percent. In fact, in, in that you have to, I, I build that into my expectations. I don't expect to get it. I expect to learn to get it. Um, and so that's why I bought three canvases because I had no expectation of, you know, buying one canvas and then nailing it. There's just no way. Right. And this was the, what attempt was this one that you submitted? That, this was my, this was my thir- third try. What you saw is my third attempt. So my first one I thought was great, to be honest with you. I loved it. It was my favorite, yeah. even though, you know, I didn't expect, but it was, I loved it. But she didn't, I had used a gold, um, a very rich gold, the 24 karat gold. She didn't want that in there because it was too primary yellowy color. And I was, oh, it's so pretty. So I tried to fix it. And when I tried to fix it, I just kind of ruined it. It just didn't, it was really bad. Um, So I just started over. So it was my second canvas um, that that worked out. So I have a blank canvas sitting in my garage. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. So so you bought three, the first Mm -hmm. one you liked. And then the second one is the one that she liked. She liked, right. Okay, and, the, gotcha. and the first one that I really liked, I tried to fix and ruined it. So now it's in my garage too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was just about to ask you, <laughs> were you, were you able to, you know, do something with that? I'm going to pour over it. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. Okay. Well, I guess that is another good thing for listeners tuning in. If they decide to go big or go home, you know, mm-hmm. And they do to happen to mess it up. They can always just, you know, scrape it and, or repour. Hundred percent. I and I. That's that's one of the things I love about acrylic pouring. As long as you tape off the back really good. <laughs> uh, another thing I learned early on, um, you can pour over it a couple of times even. And in fact, I would argue some of my best paintings are ones that I have poured over something else. And the one of the reasons I think. I really like them is because they're slightly thicker than the first pour. You know, they have a layer of paint underneath and there's a, there's a depth to those paintings 
that you don't have when it's it's the very first layer of paint. Anyway, it's a you have to start to appreciate your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. And as far as how long it took to get from, you know, start of the first one to the finish of the second one, how long would you say that one took? Uh, it was a span of uh, three weeks. Uh, I wasn't working on it consistently for three weeks, but it was, I did the first one. I let it dry, sent her a picture. She didn't like it so much. Then I waited to the weekend because I really needed help doing these. They're too big. You, you, you can't do that by yourself. You, so my husband helped with just the mechanics and the logistics of moving this canvas around. He figured out a way to hold the cord of, for the blow dryer, which made a huge difference because having that cord to hit your painting while you're trying to work mm. is, is awful. So I, did this, I tried to fix it. And then that was no good. And it was the next weekend where I said, okay, we're, I'm sorry, honey, to tell you this book, <laughs> we're starting all over. Um, and then it took, I would say a good three weeks for it to dry, maybe even four weeks for it to dry, dry completely. Okay. That is, that is nice. So it seemed like he was kind of, you know, he was happy to be involved with the whole art. He, he calls it his painting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For all the work that I did. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, nice. So she is going to, you know, pick up soon. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So the when she had first uh, commissioned me for this, she had said the turnaround. She she said we have six weeks. So on top of all, all this, she said I want it by mid September. This was in August, and I thought, okay, so I got to get this now. So I had not just the pressure of learning how to do this, but I had to do it. I had to drop everything I was doing and devote all my resources to it. Um, so it turns out, you know, it's building being built, and so of course things get delayed, which I was secretly, honestly, kind of counting on that <laughs> it wouldn't be mid-September, but I was going to be ready, even if it was. And the last time I heard from her, she said, oh, it'll be like, you know, November 1st was when they're expecting to hang it. I'm fine. It's all, it's all ready to go. Nice. Well, that is a, a truly a success story that I'm glad <laughs> you were able and willing to, you know, share that with us. Absolutely. I'm, I love to talk about my, my art. My family's tired of hearing about it. So anybody who asks me questions, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. And it, obviously from the, you know, the way that you were answering some of my questions, you've learned a lot along the way. Is there just some, some general advice or some specific advice for the listeners that, you know, if they wanted to create a specific piece of this size, like let's say the same situation happened where someone reached out to them via social media and wanted to, you know, gave them a timeline. What advice would you give the, some of the listeners? Um, I think that overarching my advice is always say yes to opportunity. And I, I know it sounds like, <laughs> but you know, really, unless, unless there's a really good reason not to say yes, because you don't know what's going to come from that. And, and this was completely out of my comfort zone. I didn't know if I could do this. Um, but I also then thought, well, what if I could, what if I could do it? How amazing would that be? And then I also thought if I don't, if I can't do it, who ca who cares? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not that big a deal. Um, 
So say yes to opportunity that comes knocking, even if it's, you feel like you're unqualified or unprepared. Um, the second is expect to fail and, and plan for that. So, you know, um, and, and, and know kind of what the costs uh, and benefits are. So my feeling, my attitude going into this was, I don't, this isn't about money. This isn't about getting paid or making money. This is about figuring out what I'm capable of. And I don't care um, if I lo even lose money in this venture because it's going, I thought of it kind of like I do school, like this is an investment in my abilities. And so I was willing to buy the three canvases. Uh, I was willing to buy a ton of paint because I was thinking of it as an investment in, in this, uh, knowing that I was going to waste a great deal of it learning. And that was okay. So that was my mindset. Um, so that, I think those were really important pieces. Yeah, that, that is perfect. And the, I think commitment is, a, is another thing that came to my head. You committed mm -hmm. it to, to all the steps that were necessary, just as if you were committed to getting your PhD, right? That's right. It was, I think it's the same mindset. It's just a sort of a tenacity. I, I, you have to, you know, there's some confidence there. Like, I think there was a part of me, it felt like I, I might be able to do this. And so I felt it, it was worth taking the chance. Um, but yeah, a commitment to seeing it through and a commitment to not give up even telling myself early on, you're going to fail and you're going to think at some point you can't do this. Don't, don't let that stop you. Keep going, keep going, keep going. So that was my mindset. I think that is awesome. Well, um, you, along the, the podcast, you had mentioned a couple social media channels where if the listeners want to hear more of what you got going on and see some additional work, where should they go? So I, I have the Instagram account, uh, page. I have a Facebook page uh, and the Etsy store. I have had people ask me to do videos, but I, I haven't, I haven't made that jump yet. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll put all those links into the show notes, the Instagram, the Facebook and the Etsy page. And um, yeah, Chase, I appreciate you. You stopping by. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And, um, you know, I'd love to hear more of, some of your art creations. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right. See ya. See ya. As always, viewers, if you enjoyed this podcast, then comment below. That helps us out with the podcast rankings. And also share this episode with any of your art friends that you know who spend a lot of their time in this area of creation. Also, join our Facebook community, Acrylic Porn Facebook where we have more than 98,000 members who are, like she just said, you know, like a forum, communing and, and sharing their greatest creations that they're working on. And that just might result in you being on another one of these episodes. So thank you for listening to this podcast and see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please like and share with your community. And please let us know if you have any suggestions for artists you'd like to hear on our show. This episode is sponsored by AcrylicPouring.com. AcrylicPouring.com is the leading fluid arts website which provides fluid artists around the world the inspiration and tips they need. 
If you are new to fluid arts and want to get started now, then go to acrylicpouring.com to learn the five fundamentals of making beautiful acrylic pours for free. Also, join their Facebook community, where every day artists just like you are sharing their newest creations that just might end up on another one of these episodes.